Hello, this is Pastor Pete Beck III with LifeNet in Burlington, North Carolina. Welcome to today's podcast entitled Release from Demonic Oppression, Diagnosis Demons. This is the 23rd article in a series entitled Wonderful Counseling. To access the rest of the series, you can go to my website, thirdpeter.com. Have you ever sensed the presence of a demon or an evil spirit? How did you do it? Was it a feeling? Something said? Something you saw? Were you sure about what you discerned? Or did you merely have a suspicion? Being able to accurately discern the presence and activity of the demonic in people's lives is a very important aspect of helping them find freedom. Trying to cast out what is not there is an exercise in frustration and confusion. Failing to discern a demon can leave it in place to continue its harassment of the individual. Demons in general prefer to be hidden. They also sometimes can be quite bold. I remember once when a young man looked me in the eye and said that the demon in him was going to jump on me. I suppose he did this to try and intimidate me in some way, but it didn't work. Demons use fear and intimidation when they can no longer hide. One deception is for them to pose as being too strong for the ordinary follower of Christ to handle. But we will get into that in more detail in a future article on how to cast them out. There are two general approaches to diagnosing the presence of demons. The first is to assume that demons should be the first thing we look for as a cause of sinful behavior or oppression. The opposing view, which I prefer, is to look for demons last of all, unless there is some reason to think otherwise. In my experience in counseling, demons are rarely the main event. They may seek to block or distract us from continuing along the road to genuine healing and deliverance. I also believe that demons get blamed for things that are more rightly attributed to the flesh, a lack of proper repentance and teaching, embedded lies, unhealed pain, and general generational issues. Demons, however, often lurk in the midst of the snarls of interconnected bondage issues and we should not be surprised to find them. In fact, I've had more dealings with demons while engaging in personal prayer ministry than at any other time. This is because PPM goes to the roots of bondage where demons like to hide. One of my most humorous episodes with the demon occurred just after my opening prayer in a ministry session. The person awaiting ministry clearly heard in his spirit a voice say, I'm not going to leave either. We both laughed and cast out the spirit, deeming that the Lord was showing us that it was time for it to go. Probably the most interesting deliverance in my experience took place over the phone. A demonized person I had never met called to ask if I cast out demons. We talked a bit and set up a time to get together in person. This man had attended one of our small groups, so it was not totally out of the blue. 
Before ending the call, I asked if I could pray for God's protection over him until we met. As I prayed in English, I felt a strong desire to pray in tongues. I asked him if that would be okay, to which he readily agreed. As I prayed in the Spirit, he began to manifest evidence that he was being delivered. He was choking and gagging and knew instinctively that the Holy Spirit was setting him free. The most interesting thing to me was that I was not consciously exercising authority in Christ for his deliverance. But I supposed that I must have been praying for it and commanding it as I spoke in an unknown heavenly language. Romans 8, 26 and 27 state that when we pray in the Spirit, we pray according to the will of God. It was obvious that the Holy Spirit wanted it out immediately. Before that, I did not even know it was possible to cast out a demon while praying in the Spirit. Afterward, I witnessed another person get delivered as I prayed in tongues, but that was after I commanded the demon to leave in English. It was one of those recalcitrant spirits who protested having to leave. But how do we know when we're dealing with the demon? Some people, a la the book Pigs in the Parlor, believe demons are behind nearly every affliction known to man. I reject this notion, preferring to limit myself to demons identified in the New Testament. However, I must admit that once when ministering to a woman who had been unable to quit smoking, I asked her if it would be okay to check out the possibility of a demon being behind her addiction. I did not think it was, but recently someone had encouraged me to consider the possibility, and I thought it would be worth a try. She agreed, so I asked Jesus to reveal to us if a demon was involved. My wife and I commanded any evil spirit present to manifest itself somehow so we would know. Amazingly, the woman immediately had a terrible taste in her throat. We concluded that this was God answering our prayer. We cast it out, and she stopped smoking immediately. I suppose God had a good laugh at my expense, but I still don't go looking for demons behind every affliction and addiction. I always depend on the Holy Spirit to reveal to me whatever I need to know since I am not clever enough to figure it out on my own. This has been the secret to whatever success I have experienced doing personal prayer ministry over the years. I know it is his ministry, not mine. I try to be alert for clues that there might be demonization, and if any, I then ask the Holy Spirit to show me clearly what is going on. We don't want to make the mistake a mistake, and here is why. If we try to cast out a non-present demon, the person will get no relief. This may cause the person to draw one of a couple of wrong conclusions. They may think the demon is too strong for Jesus, or they may think deliverance in general does not work. Lastly, they may lose confidence in our ministry to them. None of these things is good. We also should never offer anyone the false hope that simply casting out a spirit will solve all their problems. 
the flesh, which is much more difficult to deal with, remains and cannot be cast out. As a matter of covering all the bases, it is good to routinely ask if the person we are counseling has ever dabbled or practiced the occult. In fact, before engaging in personal prayer ministry, I ask those who will be receiving ministry to complete an extensive application which asks these sorts of questions up front. There is no sense waiting until you are far into ministry before finding out crucial details. Occult involvement will often open the door to demonization. It is the devil's realm, powered by demonic power and presence. Once my wife and I were ministering to a woman who complained of never having been able to speak in tongues. I felt impressed to ask her if she had ever been involved with the occult. She said that she had practiced witchcraft, and I asked her if she had ever repented and renounced that sin. She told us that she did not know she needed to. We led her through the process and cast out the associated evil spirit, during which she said, it felt as if there were a huge anvil on her chest. When that spiritual pressure lifted, she experienced deliverance and started speaking in tongues immediately. My advice is to always suspect demonization when there has been occult involvement, which includes a vast array of things from Ouija boards to palm reading, from tarot cards to seances, from witchcraft to satanic worship, and the list goes on. The application form I use covers most everything. Discerning demons is a gift of the Holy Spirit and part of the ministry of Christ. It is intuitively intuitive and works differently in individuals. I know a minister who said she could smell demons. I Some see them by the Spirit. You simply may be able to know that they are there intuitively. Sometimes I'm able to, puzzle, to put puzzle pieces together to ferret out one. And then I like to ask the Holy Spirit to confirm it. I often command the evil spirit, if it is there, to manifest itself in some clear way under Christ's authority and oversight without making a scene so that we will know. Demons must obey our commands given in Christ's name. Sometimes I know for sure that I'm dealing with the demon, but at other times I move forward on the reason to guess that we are dealing with an evil spirit, asking for Holy Spirit confirmation. Each person has to gain experience by doing the ministry. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. I also like to pray for Jesus to reveal the true nature of the demon, especially if the person regards it as a friend or a helper. The woman I mentioned in a previous article who had a who had the friendly spirit of death, did not want to let it go until Jesus showed her how ugly and evil it was. And then she was ready. People need to have their eyes open to spiritual reality. Satan loves to appear as an angel of light. The Holy Spirit will bring the demonic into the light where the evil is exposed and can be properly renounced. In summary, we trust the Lord to show us when we're up against demonic oppression, and to give us his strategy for getting rid of it. Remember, it is God's ministry, not ours. He is the one 
with the wisdom, authority, power to get the job done. We are his representatives or ambassadors. In my next article, I will write about various kinds of demons that we may encounter. I hope you will stick with me.